Hello and welcome to episode number three of the Cougars Insider. I'm your host, Jordan Smith, being joined by two special guests today. First up is Mark Berry, and if you've been around the VIJHL for a length of time, you'll know that name, the play-by-play voice of the Campbell River Storm, among many other things. Thanks for joining me, Mark. How are you? Uh, doing great. Uh, pleasure to be with you. Now, you've had uh, a pretty busy off-season so far. Why don't you talk a little bit about what Campbell River's been doing? And then uh, I've got a few other questions leading up to some bigger stuff, just like uh, the Campbell River hosting the Cyclone Taylor, for example. But uh, why don't we start with Campbell River's summer so far leading up into the 2018 season? Well, there's been a, a number of acquisitions. Uh, you know, it seems to be uh, the case with junior hockey that there's an awful lot of changes in the offseason as players either age out or, or go on to junior A opportunities or other opportunities elsewhere in hockey. Uh, and um, it's certainly the case with the Campbell River Storm with probably about six or seven guys returning. So that means an awful lot of signings and some uh, some trades. You've got some great acquisitions, uh, uh, in particular uh, Damon uh, Kramer from the Fox. Uh, he won a Cyclone Taylor Cup a couple of seasons ago against the Campbell River Storm, who had the silver that year. Uh, big pickup. I, I, I talked about it uh, with another uh, another broadcaster, but Chase Daniels from the Castlegar Rebels. That's a huge pickup for the Campbell River Storm. I think he's going to do some really good things for the Storm. A Saskatchewan boy. And then... Uh, some uh, new uh, help behind the bench is uh, Russell Sanderson has decided to head back to school and finish his education in uh, Castlegar at Selkirk. So we've got uh, Cam Basarb uh, coming over from Lethbridge and he'll join Bill Brett and, uh, and Lee Stone behind the bench. Well, it sounds like the storm have been busy, like a lot of teams in the VI this year. Uh, one thing I'd like to talk to you about, I know it's kind of been beaten a little bit as far as off-season chatter has been going on, but what's the north side of the island looking like from the players' perspectives regarding the rule changes going next year? Not just the three points, but the full face shield, because I know there's been a little controversy uh, on the south side as well as including things like social media and stuff like that, but uh, what have you been hearing on the north side of the island regarding what players think about the cage and the three-point rules coming in next year? I think it's pretty much what you've heard yourself, Jordan, is uh, not a lot of uh, pleasure about uh, about the full shield. And, and there's been a lot of talk about uh, about the, the, uh, the actual teams uh, trying to, to fight it with BC Hockey. So not sure where it's going to go, but I know uh, it's really hard to find too many players that are in favor of the full shield. So, uh, you know, it remains to be seen. If uh, game one, they'll have the full shields or the half shields, but uh, uh, certainly there's uh, an awful lot of pushback. Yeah, the I know the south side is definitely, uh, apart from a singular team, has been pushing back on it, but it'll be interesting to see how things go. Clay Cochran last week made a, a pretty good point that actually slightly may have changed my perspective on the full shield, half shield thing. And, a lot of junior B players are looking at using hockey to further their education. And a lot of these players are looking at the possibility of heading down South and maybe jumping onto an NCAA team. Now the NCAA has always had full face shields. I wonder if maybe that plays into the minds of a few of those players where they'll play a few years of junior up in Canada with a half shield and then have to put the cage on anyway, if they try and get a scholarship down South, have any players mentioned that as a, you know, possibility of them maybe 
don't care about the cages get used to it now? Not a, not a one, not a single player has, has mentioned that to me. Uh, you know what uh, I, you know, and I pretty much along the same lines as, uh, as clay on the full face shield. I'm not so harsh against it. Uh, but having said that, I still have this huge issue with it. If it's a safety issue, why is it just junior B? That's get, uh, that has to go through it. A 17-year-old, to me, doesn't matter whether he's playing junior A or junior B. If it's a safety issue, it's a safety issue. If it's governed by Hockey BC or BC Hockey, then it should be right across the board. So for me, that's the one argument that I really favor the players on. If it's going to be uh, mandated, mandated across the board uh, and uh, make junior B and junior A because, you know, these guys are going to be going up uh, affiliated with uh, BCHL clubs and they're going to be wearing full shields. So like, what's, you know, when they're going back and forth between the leagues. So to me, if we're going to go full shield, let's do it right across junior hockey. Yeah, I completely agree with that. If you're going to do it, do it all the way. Don't do uh, these half measures. I almost feel like BC Hockey, this was a bit of a, a knee-jerk reaction to the Peninsula Panthers doing it uh, on their own, thinking, well, one team's done it, let's just keep going. They may have had pushback from the, the higher levels in the BCHL and whatnot, but I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what the reaction is, whether or not there's some legitimate fight from the teams or if the teams just kind of roll over and accept it. Yeah, like I say, I agree with you, Jordan. I think it's I think it's going to be inevitable at some point. Uh, it's just a case of when it happens, uh, you know. And I think you know what? As much as we don't like it, and I, I heard Clay's interview, and I agree with Clay. As much as we don't like it, down the road we won't even think about it. You know, every time there's a major equipment change, there's pushback, and and if this, but but again, if if this is a safety issue, let's make it a safety issue and let's deal with it. The one thing that I don't like is when you when you all of a sudden say the problem is full shields. That's the problem. Let's solve it by making full shields. You're not really you're treating it in isolation. It changes the game. The sticks will come up. Uh, I, I think that there's some argument towards concussions like, you know, it's maybe it'll protect your dental work, but it's not going to prevent concussions. So I think when you make a change as big as this, I think you need to look at it not just in isolation, but you have to look at how it changes the game because it's going to change the game. And certainly it, it's one way to get fighting out of the uh, out of the junior ranks. Yeah, the uh, the talk on fighting, I remember Clay mentioned the exact same thing. It's really going to take fighting out of the junior ranks, except I've got scars all over my hands from fighting in lacrosse and they've ha- always had full face shield. So it might take the fighting out of some of the guys that don't drop the mitts on a regular basis, but I don't think it's going to stop the guys that are good at it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like I say, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what happens at the start of the season, uh, whether we start with half shields and go to full shields or whether it, it, uh, it's full shields right out of the gate. So it's going to be an interesting month. I know there's a lot of pushback from an awful lot of teams uh, right across junior B hockey. Let's just get a quick input on uh, the three-point system from you and the guys up north. Uh, we don't want to spend too much time on this as it's been talked a lot about, but I wanted to get your input on uh, what you think about the new three-point rule and uh, shootouts. I'm absolutely thrilled 
about the three-point structure. I've been a big proponent of it for years. Uh, I watch a lot of, uh, you know, in the offseason, I watch a lot of hockey from down south or down under in Australia, New Zealand, and they have the three-point system. To me, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, it just it seemed like we were rewarding teams with an extra point for not solving it in 60 minutes. And I think the VIJHL's approach is novel in North America. But I, what I really like about it is they're not taking away overtimes. They're still running with a four-on-four and a three-on-three. And if you can't solve it in two overtimes, we're going to force you to solve it with a shootout. I really like their approach, and I think it's really to be applauded. And so much so that, you know, BC, uh, BC, the BCHL is also adopting a shootout this year after their one uh, overtime period. So I think that it's a great, great move. Of course, shootouts, like I'm old school. I'm like Clay. Like I grew up in an era where there were ties in the NHL, so it's not a big deal for me. But as a fan, yeah, that's what the fans want. Let's give them what they want. It certainly is exciting. And, uh, I, again, I applaud the VIJHL for sticking to their guns and really pushing this through. Now, switching gears a little bit, the VIJHL is hosting the Cyclone Taylor Cup this year and the Camel River Storm have uh, won the right to host that tournament this year. The last time the VIJHL hosted, it was down in Victoria, and I had the opportunity to broadcast a whole bunch of games in a short period of time and uh, had you guests on a few broadcasts as well as some chats afterwards. It was a lot of fun. What are you guys doing to uh, bring the Cyclone Taylor to the next level up in uh, Campbell River this year? Well, I don't know about bringing it to the next level. I mean, you started this uh, back in Victoria. I really like the way you approached it. Uh, you you brought that roving microphone with uh, with Clay Cochran around the arena. It was a great, great add-on. I love the uh, the uh, little podcast following each game with the with the summary of the day's actions. And we're pretty much going to do what you did uh, that that year a couple years ago, which was copied in Creston, which was copied. In, in Richmond, it's a winning formula. So we're going to go that way, maybe make a little changes just so it's not as intrusive as it, I think it was in Richmond on, on the players that, you know, you talking to them uh, in the thick of it uh, when there's still, our emotions are still high was a little challenging, but I really like what, uh, what's been really done over the last four years. So improve upon it. I'm not so sure. Uh, it was a pretty winning formula. One of the things that we are going to do is uh, we're going to uh, really be inclusive. Uh, and it's not just going to be myself doing the, uh, the broadcast, but uh, the entire North, uh, North Division broadcasters are going to be involved in this from start to finish. We're going to ask the South guys to also contribute. And we really want to make this a showcase for Junior B hockey, not just on Vancouver Island, but right across the province. So the focus is going to be on the players and the focus is going to be on what a great uh, league or what we have three incredible junior B hockey leagues, and it's really hard to say junior B because of the quality of the play that we see in these three leagues is junior A in most of North America. So we want to showcase that. So it'll be about the players. It'll be about the broadcasters bringing their own little flavor and their own uh, uh, their own uh, approach to the game. We'll also be reaching out to the PGHL and the KIJHL to get input from them as well. So uh, it should be an awful lot of fun. But uh, as you know, uh, uh, you kind of wrote the book on this and, uh, and we, uh, we're just uh, trying to maintain it and maybe make it a little better as each year goes on. Well, I'm glad I was able to start something. It was definitely a lot of fun having that third man in the crowd 
setting up all the equipment was a bit of a challenge and tracking down all that gear, but it was a lot of fun and uh, it made the whole experience definitely memorable. So I'm glad that the other leagues enjoy it and want to keep going with it. I'm definitely excited to watch Cyclone this year. It'll be easier for me to travel up and actually watch it live, making it over the mainland. That boat kind of gets in the way sometimes, but I, I'm looking forward to it. I think uh, Cabell River is definitely a great host town to be able to put on a great tournament. And we'll and we'll definitely uh, be putting you to work if uh, we see you in the crowd. So, uh, but one of the things that I did the uh, roving microphone last uh, last year at uh, or this past April in Richmond, and it was so much fun. Uh, now I can see why Clay had a great time when he was doing it. But I, I good as calling the games or doing color as the games, but just walking around looking for interviews. And and I got to. You know, I got to interview Ernie Punch McLean and Darcy Rhoda. It was so much fun. And, and of course, uh, there was Jesse Hamill. So I had an opportunity to also talk to Jesse Hamill and get him during uh, one of the intermissions. So I expect that this Cyclone Taylor Cup is going to be a great one. Uh, one of the things that uh, I encourage everybody listening to is when those tickets become available, snap them up because the Brindy will be packed game in game out during that entire uh three or four days of uh some of the best hockey you'll see certainly on the island yeah that's definitely something that we need to uh really push to the people that want to watch the games live in campbell river is that building fills up to capacity on a regular season game night on a regular basis so that (laughs) if you're going to want to come out and watch a cyclone taylor live Buy your tickets as soon as possible because they will not stick around for long. Campbell River is ravenous for hockey, and the Storm is the only game in town. So they definitely want to go out and watch, and a big tournament like that will fill up very quickly. So we'll uh, keep an eye on social media as well as uh, not just ours, but Mark's Campbell River Storm, the VIJHL's Twitter account, stuff like that. We'll make sure that the tickets go on sale when they go on sale. Everybody knows about it right away because they will go fast. Absolutely. And uh, if you can't make it to the games, though, by all means, tune in to uh, Hockey TV. We'll, uh, we'll have a Skookum uh, broadcast for you, and uh, you'll certainly get a good insight in there. And you'll be able to follow us along in, on Twitter and, and Facebook. Uh, we'll keep you informed one way or the other, most certainly, at the Cyclone Taylor Cup in April in Campbell River. Now, we've got one last question for you before I let you go there, Mark. You've got an eye on the Campbell River Storm from the inside, but you're also quite active in a lot of the North Division teams, keeping up on social media and all that. What are you seeing from the other teams up north that may see as competition for getting into that Cyclone Taylor this year? I know Campbell River is already in as the host, but they want to go in the front door. Mm-hmm. So what other, what other things are you seeing from Comox, Nanaimo, and Oceanside? Well, to be honest, I haven't seen that much from Comox, so it's kind of a it's kind of a, a mystery what's going on in Comox right now. Haven't too much heard too much out of there, but certainly Nanaimo and Oceanside have been busy. I, I understand there's going to be another announcement from Oceanside, a coaching announcement in the next 24 hours. So so that should be interesting. But I like what Oceanside has done. Uh, certainly picking up Chase Heslop from the Mission City Outlaws. I think that's a a big pickup for them. I think I like uh, I like the Lori brothers coming over from Summer. 
Summerland from the KIJHL. I think the Oceanside Generals, and you saw that last year, the record improved, maybe not to where they wanted it to be, but certainly this has become Jesse Hamill's team, and they are playing like Jesse Hamill wants them to play. And one thing that he's done is he's made a huge transformation about the pride that players take in the team. If you're not playing for the crest on your jersey, that star with the G in it, you're not playing on his team. And he made that evidently clear when taking over the helm. And uh, as a result, an awful, an awful lot of talented guys moved on. But if you play in Oceanside, you're playing for that team. And certainly, I expect good things out of the Oceanside Generals this particular season. Unfortunately, they have to face the Campbell River Storm and the Nanaimo Buccaneers 20 of their of their 48 games so it's certainly an uphill climb for the Oceanside Generals but I expect huge improvement from them I really like uh, the Nanaimo Buccaneers they've made some really good moves in the offseason and they had to uh, you know uh, because uh, uh, Blake Wood moved on to Alberni Valley and Derek Crawl moved on to the Penticton V's and that's a huge a compliment to Derek Crawl who was such a great goaltender last last season and for me I, I know that they've just picked up a, a goaltender from uh, the KIJHL but to me the best signing anywhere in the VIJHL was signing Josh Zeri uh, from the North Island Silver Tips top 10 score in the BC major midget league last season. As I mentioned uh, in another podcast and another uh, interview, uh, he played one game in exhibition play with the Campbell Storm at the beginning of last season and <laughs> scored four goals. He was phenomenal. And Bucks fans had an opportunity to see this young player play last season when he got called up and he was impressive in every game. So I think the Nanaimo Buccaneers are poised for another good season and my goodness, they were good last year. Just unfortunately, unfortunately, they had to meet up with the Saanich Braves who were on a mission. So North Island, not sure what's going on with Comox, but certainly seen improvement in the Oceanside Generals and the Nanaimo Buccaneers. So it's going to be a race all season long. Well, having two spots going into Cyclone Taylor, there's definitely a push for a lot of teams in the VI this year to want to get in to that Cyclone tournament because, you know, Campbell River's already in, so people have an opportunity to get their team in the door, whether it's first or second, but that, uh, that extra spot definitely ups the competition in the VI this year. I want to special thanks Mark Berry for uh, being my special guest here today. Play-by-play voice of the Campbell River Storm as well as social media guru for the league at a whole. Thank you very much for joining me, Mark, and we'll have to talk soon. And uh, good luck to the Campbell River Storm, and hopefully we'll see you in April. Right back at you. Thank you so much, Jordan. Always a pleasure to work with you. For my next guest, I've got Brody Coulter of the Victoria Cougars. He wears many hats with the Cougars, associate coach, former player. But we're here to talk about his main role as the general manager of the Victoria Cougars. Brody, thank you so much for joining me. Oh, happy to be here. Now, you've had a pretty productive off-season so far. I wanted to talk to you a little bit and trades that you guys have made. Uh, what has been the philosophy going into this off-season for the Victoria Cougars? Well, I think looking back, I know we had a bit of a um, self-reflection at the end of last season, and we kind of decided that we had to do a little more work and 
throughout the summer to make sure we kind of had a, you know, just to establish maybe a little stronger roster off the hop. I think that's something that, you know, we've, we've strived towards. We've worked really hard. We haven't really had much of an off season. It's been um, a lot of work, but I think you're, you know, you're starting to see something now, a roster now that maybe has a little stronger than what you've seen in years past. Now, most recently you guys picked up Spencer Golden. I know that was a pretty big deal for you guys. I'll be chatting with him next week on the podcast, but uh, why don't you talk a little bit about some of the local talent that you've had? Yeah, that was, that was something we wanted to obviously, um, you know, touch on as well as I think it's something that's an area where we've kind of missed the last couple of years. And so that was Spencer in particularly, and, you know, the other guys we've signed as well were guys that we had keyed on and, um, anytime you can add a, you know, a guy who can play in your top six and a, as a rookie and he's also a local kid, it's, that's a huge win for us. And that's no, you know, Bryce and Matt and, um, you know, Cole and, and everybody else who signed that's local as well. Those are all huge signing for us, but, um, you know, Spencer's one we worked on long and hard and we're happy that could finally get done. Made a couple of trades as well, but with Nanaimo specifically, you picked up uh, Booker Shock Elias and Noah Kelly. Um, were you guys looking at them uh, last season at all, or was that more of an off-season situation that just kind of fell to you guys? Um, a little bit of both. I mean, obviously Nanaimo had a pretty strong team last year, so they weren't in uh, any position to to sell by any means. But um, once they became available in the off-season, we knew that you know, that, that's a deal we wanted to make. Um, was there a bit of risk? Yeah, because, you know, they're both very focused on junior A as they should be. They're two very talented players. But, you know, any time at the start of an offseason when you can bring in two players of that caliber, I think it helps recruiting. I think, you know, it, it attracts players to want to play here. And I think that's a result of, you know, a lot of these kids coming here, bringing in two high first-class kids like that who've, who produced at our level is not something you get to do all the time. So it was nice to get that done early. I think it's helped us throughout the offseason. And, you know, um, best of luck to those kids. We hope they make junior A. We're just kind of a – an option for them if, if it doesn't work out. Now I know the power play has been a specialty of yours throughout the uh, your Cougars career, both as a coach as a, and as a player. The power play for Victoria wasn't up to Cougar standards as much last year, in my opinion. It uh, it wasn't it wasn't bad by any means, but it seemed like it was having some issues throughout the years. Is there something you guys have been working on to really revamp the special teams coming this year? That's something that we've always taken a lot of pride in. Special teams in general has always been a strength of, of this program. And um, last year definitely was a blip on the radar. I mean, there was some some minor adjustments. I mean, some bad breaks for sure. But uh, I think it was uh, had a lot to do with just, you know, the personnel were moving in and out and, you know, maybe not having guys in the right positions and whatnot. So um, definitely we've already – I put a lot of thought into it already. I mean, I've already, you know, on paper, our power play is, is looking good. But it's a matter of getting guys in this box they're comfortable with and also – you know, getting them in positions where they can succeed, not, you know, um, practicing right, making sure that there's a lot of details that goes into special teams. It's not just throwing five guys out there and, you know, telling them what to do. It's getting them reps and understanding what their reads are and all that kind of stuff. So that's something that we're going to focus on at the start of the year, definitely a little more so than we had last season, and hopefully um, we can see some improvements there. From a coach's perspective, this year uh, shootouts are going to be a factor uh, as a possibility for a lot of teams. Is there something that you guys are doing as a coaching staff to be prepared for that? Well, I don't know if shootouts are my specialty. As a player, I was no good at them. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I think that's something that you're seeing a lot of teams now. Even NHL teams, when the shootout was 
you know, obviously it's, it, it factors in their games as well as you have to practice it. It's not something you can just throw a player into and expect them to be good at. You have to get some reps. You have to understand the vision. You know, obviously you, you can't mimic the pressure that you're going to see in that situation, but you have to understand that guys need to get their reps and understand that breakaways, you know, it, it can over the course of the season could be the difference between first place, second place, third place, fourth place. I mean, it's a tight league. You saw the parity in it last year. So those points are huge. So yeah, well, it's definitely something that we're going to practice. Um, you know, I think our record over the course of my career was not good. We never practiced it, so maybe that's why. I mean, that's something that we need to focus on for sure. Now, on defense this year, um, I know it's not really your specialty, but as someone who's in a position for making personnel changes, you added some coaching muscle this year. Why don't you talk a little bit about uh, some changes you guys have made on the bench? Absolutely. I mean, Jake Nixon, bringing him in, um, that's huge for us. He's a guy that I played with. My last two years of junior, sorry, his last two years of junior and my 18, 19 year old seasons and having a guy like that around who, you know, um, he understands he's been with, he's been with another program. He understands what the Cougars are all about having played for us, but he can also bring a fresh look, you know, as somebody who hasn't spent his entire career with the Cougars, like myself, Jake and Sunil. So it's, it's good to get somebody with, with some, with some fresh insight. Um, a guy who obviously has had a lot of success with this program, a guy who knows what it takes to win, but like you said, also somebody who, is able to come in and, and, and give us some, you know, some different information that we haven't had before, maybe some new drills or some new, whatever systems, all that kind of stuff. Having a fresh, having a fresh set of eyes is going to help us a lot this year, I think. And obviously Jake is a guy who um, we can trust having been here before. Now, one thing that the Cougars have definitely had a lot of success in in the last decade is goaltending. The Cougars have had uh, a lot of fantastic goaltenders between the pipes and, uh, seeing guys age out like Anthony Shiro who's had a fantastic career with the Cougars. What's the goaltending situation going to look like for Victoria this year? Well, we got a couple of local kids that we're working on. Um, there's a lot of good local talent. There's very talented goalies in this city. So we're definitely looking at, we're going to have at least one of those on our team this year. We know that um, as far as um, goaltending goes, you know, we have a few irons in the fire. Um, you know, I can't speak to it too much right now. We also have Nate Reinhardt, who is potentially coming back as well. So if that's the case, I mean, that makes our life pretty easy. He's a very strong goalie. But um, at the moment, it's kind of undecided. And that's something that we're working on. It's uh, something we'd like to get dealt with here in the next little while. Well, you've got main camp coming up in a couple of weeks. Uh, you got some names coming to camp that uh, you're excited to see that maybe you haven't seen on Cougars Ice before? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, anytime you can see, you know, we have a, a couple of major midget sign kids who are going to be there. A guy like um, Chase Barlow is very exciting. He's a player who's been drafted in the WHL that um, is going to be a camp of defensemen. Um, I mean, there's tons. I mean, there's kids you saw as APs last year, Tyler Magnuson, Connor McClelland, um, you know, um, and the list, the list goes on. I mean, I can't name them all right now, but um, we're only bringing two teams to camp. So it's going to be a strong camp. It's going to be a, a camp filled with kids who have a shot to make our team or either going to be, be affiliates or are going to be, be signed players. So we're excited, um, a little bit different than we've done in years past, but it also allows us to work with the players that we want to work with and making sure that the kids at camp are people who are, we are interested in and also have interest in us. Cyclone Taylor is on the island this year. Uh, the last time it was on the island, the Cougars hosted it. You were a big part of that. Uh, what are you guys doing to build a Cyclone Taylor run this year? I think a big part of it was adding a couple older players. I mean, that's something that we didn't have a ton of last year and having guys that got adding a guy like, like Kevin McBean, who's, who's been there before and he's won a cyclone Taylor was huge for us. I mean, obviously the experience on the back end, especially as a defenseman, um, anytime you can acquire somebody like that, that's huge. And, you know, obviously Ryan Okino is a, is a, is a 20 year old as well. And who brings lots of experience and, um, 
you know, that's something that we really wanted to address, address, you know, having some guys who've been there before, you know, this is maybe the first year and I think a long time and we don't have a player on our team who's won, won a championship with the Cougars. So, um, you know, that's something that we knew we had to address, you know, obviously with the cycle Taylor cup being in Campbell river, they're, they're going to do a great job up there. We know that, um, you know, it, it's a neat spot to be in. You know, the idea is that, you know, two teams are going to go from this league and nobody ever wants to go in the back door. So, you build a team to come in first and, and see where, see where that takes you. Well, I know I'm excited for uh, Cougars camp coming up in August and the beginning of the season. I think the Cougars are going to have a fresh look and it's going to be, I think it's going to be a lot of fun this season. No, absolutely. I agree. I think, you know, a lot of, a lot of kids that we're excited about, um, you know, obviously a lot can happen in the next few weeks. We have a lot of kids who are going to junior A camps who are very strong players and, you know, we wish them all the best of luck, but I think you're going to see, see a lot of, you know, um, a little bit different team on the ice this year, for sure, which is what we're excited about. A little more high energy, high tempo, maybe a little more offensive, and that's something that we were striving for all offseason. Well, I appreciate your time. Brody Coulter, the Victoria Cougars general manager and associate coach. We'll definitely talk again before the season starts, and we'll have to uh, get together during uh, the main camp coming up because I think we're going to see some awesome kids on the ice, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Absolutely. No, I'm excited about it. Thanks for having me. Brody Coulter, the Victoria Cougars, thanks so much for joining. We'll talk soon. Sounds good. Special thanks to Brody Coulter and Mark Berry for joining me on this week's episode. Next week, we'll be talking with Spencer Golden, brand new Victoria Cougar, as well as another special guest. So stay tuned to victoriacougars.com for episode four next week. And remember, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at CougarsJRHockey. You can also follow my social media at JordanSmith86. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next week.